Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Uh, Matt's NFL work is currently appearing on Rotoviz. He's got the awesome uh, DK buffet that he does every single week. You can also find his stuff at Sharp Football. And of course, he has the great PGA content and the bogey free podcast. Jonesy, what's going on, my man? Not much. Just watching Dallas Goddard score a touchdown and yeah, all that, all the good stuff going on right now on Thursday Night Football. There's actually scoring. So. That's a, a welcome addition to the show because usually it's like ten three right now and we're just like cursing everything. Definitely a little bit weird to see some scoring on Thursday night. Uh, we also have a special treat out there for the listeners. We're going to start having some guests on on a weekly basis. So no longer will you just have to listen to me and Jones trade awful takes with each other. We're going to bring on some actual talent to the program. And we're kicking it off this week with a really cool guest. You know his work from Roto Grinders and Fantasy ADHD. He designed some of the coolest apps in the business. Uh, I was particularly a big fan of the Scott Fishbowl app. And he's also been enjoy, uh, been known to enjoy a nice beer with some barbecue. He is Josh Hornsby, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore ADHD. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the program. Well, fellas, first I got to say, appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. It's good to talk again, especially with you, Matt. I think this is the third time we've podcasted together yeah. once golf once nfl and here we are back together again it seems like the the times we have gotten together we've come up with some pretty strange concoctions that have actually worked out pretty well so <laughs> i'm looking forward to getting weird with you guys <laughs> uh before we get into the week four stuff i just want to remind you guys about road of his patreon uh gain exclusive access to the road of his radio slack channel where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcasts and writing team. Patronships start at just 6 bucks a month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash rotovizradio. All right, quick week three review. I don't want to bore Josh for too long here, but I took out Jones once again in our head-to-head series. I am now 3-0 and on the year, uh, and I've, re- I've updated my timeline. I'm planning on having this thing pretty much wrapped up by Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That that seems awful late. <laughs> uh, we also had our 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 listener league, and uh, Jones, I'm going to let you announce the winner for that one because, uh, in addition to this guy being incredibly handsome and well read, I think he's also a, a close personal friend of yours. Wait, I thought 
I thought you won this week. Ha <laughs> That's right, baby. Hey yo. Um yeah, no, I mean just just really going along with the saying, the dumber the farmer, the bigger the potatoes. <laughs> uh you really 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 crushed everybody to be uh to be quite honest. Um I was I was very impressed. I'm trying to vamp right now while I'm pulling up your lineup because I I am scrolling through all my losing mini max uh, <laughs> Monday night football lineups to get to it, but um, yeah, no, you uh, you you buried everybody. So uh, good on you. Whatever. Yeah, you. I think you had a pretty good week in general, right? I did. I also uh, I took down the the Pete Manzanelli listener league, which I felt like I had to do that for our show, Jones. Like. He's he's talked a lot of smack because he's won our listener league twice, I believe. So yeah. now I put one in our scoreboard column. So yeah, I I gotta hop in that this week, and uh, he's he, the man's is gonna be joining us on this very show in a few weeks. So yeah, can't wait. A, get your get your hard hats out for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's get into the uh, the quarterback position for week four. So Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they are the top two quarterbacks. Uh, in terms of pricing, once again this week, are you paying up for either in cash, and do you have a preference between the two in GPPs? I'm going to start with Josh here because I feel like Josh cooks up some pretty interesting cash teams on a weekly basis. So I kind of want to hear a little bit about uh, you know his process in terms of building cash teams and what he thinks about these quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about my process really quick, just from a 30,000 foot view. So I, I know the general theory on cash is you want to have a similar lineup to the majority of the field as possible. I think that's probably what most people think when they think of building their cash lineup, but it turns into a 2v2, 3v3 contest. And I I, I disagree with that. Fundamentally, I think that it's sound, but at the same time, I I don't know. I'm such a bad person about following the crowd that I just, it makes my skin crawl to do what everybody else is doing. (laughs) So I end up, you know, I just, I kind of do my own thing. And like, you know, last week folks probably thought I had a tournament lineup when I put my cash team out there. But if I walked you through my process on every one of my picks, I could work through and show you how each one was a very viable cash play in my opinion. And even though the crowd doesn't think those guys are cash plays, I can walk you through the game script scenario that I thought was most likely to happen for every single one of my plays and could almost convince you, I, I believe, that that was a cash play. So, all right, let's move to this week. I use this same process, and I look at quarterback. I think Mahomes and Jackson are too overpriced for cash. Could you play them? Yeah, you could, but I think you're going to end up short-siding yourself somewhere else. So I, I think this week the highest I'm going to go in cash is going to be Deshaun Watson or Jared Goff, and they're 100 bucks away from each other on DraftKings. And, I, you know, it's it's a $500 difference to get up to Lamar Jackson. So, you know, obviously if you wanted to make a tweak in your lineup, you could do that. But I think for my money, the Carolina pass defense is not that good. The, da- the Tampa Bay pass defense is horrific. And to hear – what I'm thinking in my own brain is that Watson and Goff are like excellent cash plays this week with very high floors, very high ceilings and matchups where they will get some resistance from the other team uh, on the scoreboard. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, both guys are home favorites, which we always like to target with cash game quarterbacks. Um, you know, Goff is a, is a pretty large home favorite. Watson is a little bit more moderate. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on uh, cash game quarterbacks this week? 
Yeah, no, it's it's definitely going to be Goff uh, for me this week. He's home. Uh, I know you're. I know you're smirking right now. I don't even have to look at <laughs> at the part of the screen that your face is uh, is taken up right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's Goff. It's sixty three hundred. He's home uh, since the start of last year. He averages. 30 and a half points at home compared to 17 and a half on the road. Like it's just stupid splits. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play golf and save the, you know, whatever it is, either 600 or, or $1,200 uh, and not, you know, be able to fit in a couple of better running backs or a better wide receiver uh, in my cash team for sure this week. Yeah. I'm only smirking just because I know how much you love Jared Goff. It, it well, doesn't take away from the Especially when he's home. Like, yeah, it's, it's a strong it's play. Wheels up. It's well, a really strong play. I mean, Tampa Bay just got shredded from by Daniel Jones, who, I mean, maybe Daniel Jones is just that good. Future Hall of Famer. I think it's also very possible that Tampa Bay is just that bad. You know, so yeah. far, quarterbacks have just eviscerated them. Um, the other guy in this price range that we haven't mentioned yet, but I think should be pretty popular, uh, is Russell Wilson. You know, he has kind of gotten back to running the ball a little bit more. Uh, you know, last week he had the huge game after his team fell behind. I'm a little bit worried about this game script versus Arizona. Like, yes, they play super fast, but at the same time, if Seattle is able to control this game, I have a pretty good feeling that they're just going to go back to their old ways of looking to just dominate through the run game. So what are your guys' thoughts on Wilson this week? Hey, Matt, I'll go ahead and hop in here. I I, I think, I mean, obviously the game script's going to be in Wilson's favor. They're going to be ahead. They're going to be able to score a lot of points, I think. But I just, I, I kind of, I think the range of outcomes for Wilson this week is very broad. Too broad for my liking. Like, I think his his floor could be 12 points. Yeah. And his ceiling could be 35. But, you know, do you want to take the chance of a cash game quarterback with a floor of 12 points and maybe let's say a bottom 25% outcome of 18 points or lower. Like, do you want to roster that guy in cash? And I'm going to tell you, no way. I don't want to roster that guy in cash. I need a higher floor and I need the promise of, of more passing. Now, if we knew that Seattle would throw the ball 25 times, I think Russell Wilson's a lock, but I don't, I, I could see a scenario where they only drop back to pass 20 times, even with the script that Arizona will probably force them into from a pace perspective. I just, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly how I feel about the situation. Uh, Jones, anything you want to add there? No, yeah. I mean, obviously you can stack them in GPPs um, and try to get that ceiling game, but I don't think you need to do it for cash with, like, it. it's $200 more for golf. Like, just figure it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other cash guys that you're considering before we move on to GPPs here, Jones? Nope. Josh? It's cops. I Oh, yeah. You you know I've got a couple guys. So <laughs> what, I'm a little concerned about it, so I need to check the injury news. But to me, front and center this week as an, as an awesome cash play is Case Keenum. Oh, I'm glad you said it because I'm right there with you. Yes. I, I, I looked at his price at 4900 bucks. I'm like, why is he cheaper than Daniel Jones? Like it doesn't make any sense that he's cheaper than Daniel Jones. So, I mean, Keenum has a decent set of weapons to work with. You know, he's got McLaurin. He's got Paul Richardson, who's been catching a ton of balls and pretty productive. Trey Quinn and, you know, Vernon Davis, Chris Thompson, if you want to throw those guys in there. They throw the ball a ton. I think this game will be relatively high scoring. I think the, out, the possibility is there for both of these teams to get in the upper 20s or low 30s. And 
the rest of that is that the uh, the crowd is going to be off Keenum after his Monday night, right? So to me, I, the price is there. And if Keenum's health is good, like if he's out of that walking boot and able to move around a little bit and play, I'm all over him. Now, if they put Colt McCoy in that lineup, there's no chance in hell I'm playing him. I wouldn't put him in the same spot because Colt McCoy can't get the ball down the field far enough to use McLaurin and to use Paul Richardson. So to me, I, I think Keenum's probably the cheapest I go this week. Outside of that, you know, you might hear some folks say Kyle Allen's a good play. I don't think Allen's a good play this week. I think this may be a little bit of chickens coming home to roost for Kyle Allen this week, unless you think dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey uh, have a chance to go to the house a couple times, and then maybe, okay, maybe Allen works a little bit. But um, outside of Keenum, if Keenum's health is good, I don't really see much in the low range that really tickles my fancy, maybe outside of Brissett. I kind of like Brissett a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, Ke- I love Keenum. Sorry. I think that, uh, you know, even though he was bad last week from a real life standpoint, he still got there from a fantasy perspective. And this Giants team sets up like a shootout team for me all season. Their defense is so bad and they're going to be able to put up points on Washington. So uh, I think the Giants will be sort of the obvious side that people stack in this, in this game. But Keenum, I think is going to fly much more under the radar, especially if McLaurin ends up being limited you know he apparently pulled a muscle today at practice so uh, I like that play a lot at 4900 I also could be talked into Daniel Jones at 5300 just because of the rushing floor that I think he's going to give you know quarterbacks that can provide some value with their legs are typically very reliable from a fantasy perspective so uh, I think that those two guys are very cash viable this week yeah, I like the Jones idea because I, I do think Washington has a decent pass rush. They can get after people. And the Giants offensive line, it's okay. But I do think it's going to present uh, Jones an opportunity to run the ball quite a bit with his legs if he if he gets a little trouble in the pocket. It would probably be a lot like last week so far as his ability to scramble and and put up a couple of points with his legs. So I don't mind the play. It was a $300 price bump from last week for a guy that put up almost 40 DraftKings points. And you really can't argue against that. Jones, I yep. cut you off earlier. I apologize for that. Would you uh, no, like no to worries. add something here? So rude. No, I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it now. It's been a, a year plus of this nonsense. Um, I, uh, I just wanted to throw in there. Keenum was full of practice today. So, um, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I'm more concerned with, uh, with McLaurin than I am with Keenum for sure. Makes sense. Um, all right. Some more under the radar type guys for, uh, GPPs, Jones, who are you considering here? I mean, you kind of, you guys kind of touched on them already. Like, I'm definitely going to have some exposure to Jones. I think that the the target tree is is very concentrated there, um, especially with Barkley out. I don't I don't know what we're going to see from Gallman, so I think that we're going to have some good stacking opportunities from the Giants uh, for the time being. Um, I don't know. I like any of the wide receivers that I like. I'm going to play with the quarterback, so I, I don't go too crazy trying to figure out like who's who, like. Kyler, I think, is is in play this week too. Always um, for some for some leverage off of the the Wilson ownership. Um, and again, tight tight targetry, and you know you're going to be able to stack, uh, you know, his pass catching op- catching options, and you're not going to have to worry like you know the the eighth wide receiver, or the third tight end catching <laughs> catching a touchdown or something stupid with them. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's those are the two that kind of jumped out. But I'll have I'll have pretty spread out exposure with quarterback uh, as per usual in my 20 lineups this week. <laughs> uh, Josh, how about you? 
So for GPPs, I'm looking squarely at Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. I don't think they're going to get much ownership at all based on the defenses they're playing, and especially Mayfield with the sentiment against him publicly right now. I think he's an ideal spot to, you know, you could put together a Cleveland stack and run it back with a couple of Baltimore Ravens. It could be like Marquise Brown and and, uh, possibly Mark Andrews or Brown and and Boykin and run it back with an entire Cleveland stack, and you could have a pretty salty, low-owned tournament lineup. So uh, if you want to get a pivot off Lamar Jackson, who I think will be popular as a tournament play, man, I would go all over Mayfield. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Uh, the guy that I really like here is is Phillip Rivers. I don't think he's getting uh, nearly enough love this week. Everybody's going to play Keenan Allen again after what he's done and considering the matchup with the Dolphins, but I don't think nearly uh, as many people are going to pair him with Rivers. So if you're looking for like a creative way to target Allen and deflate some of that ownership, I think that just pairing him up with Rivers is pretty easy. And, uh, you know, like Jones mentioned about Kyler, the good thing about a Rivers to Keenan Allen stack is that it's so concentrated. Like the Chargers passing offense has basically been all Keenan Allen with a little bit of uh, Austin Eckler for the past three weeks. So, you know, maybe Mike Williams uh, reemerges from the the depths. But I think if you stack Rivers with Allen, you're pretty much covering uh, a, a large portion of the Chargers passing game in a obviously a really good matchup. Yeah, and Williams didn't practice again today, so. Perfect. Yep. All right, before we get on to running backs, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about my bookie. Uh, at the end of the ha- of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football, maybe crack a couple beers. Uh, game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no way to bet on the games and make them more exciting than betting through my bookie. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Another great thing about MyBookie is you can bet on fantasy point props and I'm sure that a couple of these running backs we're about to talk about will be on the board this week uh only one of the original big four running backs is available this week that's Christian McCaffrey but Dalvin Cook has sort of vaulted himself into that top tier with his play is this a week where you're trying to jam in you know one or or even possibly two of these high-end cashbacks for your lineup, and how are you approaching these guys in GPPs? Uh, we'll start with you this time, Mr. Jones. Um, yeah, you can definitely you could definitely get up to these guys in cash, um, depending on how you want to build your lineup. Um, I I don't know. I don't think you necessarily need to to do both. Um, you certainly can. I, I really like Dalvin Cook at eighty three hundred this week. Um, he's seen at least 21 opportunities in each of the games so far. 
He's the running back too. And like, if you look at the Sad Explorer on uh, on Rotoviz, he's basically top five in everything, but uh, but targets. So we talked about it last week, and obviously that's a that's a little bit concerning from like a maybe a long term perspective. But in this particular week, I'm not uh, I'm not terribly concerned about it. So um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be targeting. Seeing if I could get both of them in in cash, uh, but definitely one of them I think needs to be in your cash lineup for sure this week. Josh, what are your thoughts here? Well, my first thought is Geronimo Allison just got in the box, baby. So that's <laughs> awesome. Showdown's looking up all of a sudden. So anyway, sorry, I told you guys I'd be tilting, but I'm tilting the other way right now. We're having some good vibes, good vibes. <laughs> so my thoughts on McCaffrey and Cook this week is I that absolutely cash viable. Um, I would probably lean toward McCaffrey just because, man, his usage last week was insane with Kyle Allen, a quarterback, and I don't see why that doesn't continue. I mean, they, they're just running this guy into the ground, so you might as well ride it while you can. Um, outside of that, like in that upper tier of running backs, I'm not crazy about Eckler. I'm not crazy about Gurley. I'm concerned about their workloads. David Johnson, though, I do have some interest in him. He's, he's 6800 bucks, and I think he's going to be in a game script where they're going to throw him quite a few targets. So I really like his prospects. And if we're ready to go lower than that, tell me, because I got a couple of plays down here that I'm really interested in in the low sixes. All right, we'll get to them in just one second. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the clear edge in this tier to McCaffrey. Uh, like I, I just, his working workload in the passing game is just unparalleled for a running back. And he's a good running back. <laughs> I'm fine with fading Dalvin. I've kind of been, uh, you know, planting my flag there uh, on DraftKings, and it hasn't worked out, but I'm going to no. stick with it <laughs> because uh, I just, this is a matchup where he's going to need a larger receiving workload to uh, to hippie over. I mean, he still doesn't play a tremendous amount of snaps. He was at only 38 out of 63 snaps last week, but he's just been so damn good on the ground that he's been able to run hot. I'm banking on regression catching up with him eventually. I just don't think he has the workload of like an $8,300 running back. So I'm fine with fading him once again in all formats. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be back here in week five talking about how it cost me a bunch of money once again. <laughs> all right, Josh, so let's get to, to those other running backs you were talking about now. Yeah, so the low sixes is where my, my interest really is this week. And I'm looking squarely at Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack. Those two really present awesome opportunity for me. Uh, I, I think everyone pretty well understands that Atlanta likes to funnel work to the running back, to the short game. Uh, Derrick Henry is capable of receiving. They do throw him targets. I think he's set up for a potential 25 touch game this week. And at $6,500 or sorry, 6,300 on DraftKings, it's, it's really difficult to overlook his price, especially if you're going to use a McCaffrey up top. I think you're going to have to look mid-tier, especially if you're going to try to use what is a quote-unquote a free square in Wayne Gallman, maybe in the flex or whatnot. So I look, I like Derrick Henry. I like Marlon Mack a lot. I think Mack is, is slated for a lot of work this week on the ground. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Oakland, and Mack tends to get a lot of touches in these situations. So I, I kind of shade that way. And I have some real interest in Leonard Fournette. You know, Leonard Fournette's last outing was abysmal. In a word, you know, he, he had a one long carry and, a rest, and the rest were negative carries. And the workload is there. They're giving him the touches. And Denver may not put up a lot of points on the board, but I do think they're going to give him an opportunity to get plenty of yards, even though that 
that offensive line in Jacksonville is pretty bad. I think that the workload is there, and I think the sentiment especially is there for Leonard Fournette to smash in GPPs. Yeah, I mean, Fournette is definitely someone who I think is interesting. Um, Only two running backs this year with at least six targets in both games, and they're Austin Eckler and Leonard Fournette. So I think that's a little bit interesting. You know, I'm sure we would not have put Fournette in that category to start the season, but the Jaguars have displayed a, uh, you know, a commitment to getting him the ball in the passing game. And we know that this guy has, has big time ability when he gets the ball in his hands. So I think that that's a really sharp GPP call. Um, Jones, what are your thoughts on this, this price range here? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully in on Mac. Um, for all the reasons Josh said, like he, he averages seven, seven extra PPR points as a favorite. And if you filter that out, you know, uh, as more than a, more than a field goal favorite, it gets even better. So uh, he's definitely a guy that I'm interested in this week. I think, uh, I think that he like prioritizing him in GPPs this week is um, like, could get you on sort of a different build than I think a lot of people are going to be on. Um, And then if you, you know, if you want to go with, a, a couple of the other one of the other guys in that like lower 6k range like even if you want to do like mac and henry or mac and chubb or even mac and ingram or if you want to throw in dj i think that just throws you on a different course than the rest um than uh, the predominant gpp build this week so um i think that that's something that i'm going to be prioritizing this week because they're not o- overly expensive and they'll give you some uh, some uniqueness in your lineup yeah, I mean, Mac definitely has emerged as like a bell cow type running back. So I like that call. I think you guys are are on him. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty sharp play there. I'm going to go down even a little bit further. I'm going to go to carry on Johnson as uh, one of my preferred cash targets this week. I get that he was awful last week, you know, 20 carries for 34 yards, 36 yards, sorry. Uh, but he did find the end zone, and the the work for me is more encouraging than the results were. You know, the fact that they cut C.J. Anderson and we saw Johnson get more involved, that to me is a is a big green light for his fantasy stock here moving forward. And this matchup versus the Chiefs has the potential to be a really, really good one for him. You know, Kansas City was so bad last year on the ground, dead last in rush defense DVOA. Uh, and obviously we know about the pace and what their offense can do. So this could be a, a spot where I think Johnson, you know, finally has that breakout game that, you know, fantasy Twitter has either been waiting for or, or saying was never going to happen if you're a Johnson hater. Do those people exist? Oh, uh, there are plenty of them. I saw so, a lot of Kerry Yawn Johnsons on Twitter. Oh, that's actually pretty good. I like that. Yeah, you know. I wish I didn't like him just so I could like tweet that out, honestly. <laughs> Everybody on Twitter is a friggin' genius. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Philip Lindsay coming off of a huge week and now Royce Freeman is potentially questionable? If, if Freeman can't go, is Lindsay like a, a fire him up cash game option, even against Jacksonville? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if Lindsay's slated for 20 touches at 5,200, how do you not play him? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. That's, that I would, would play be, him over like Wayne fine. Gallman. Yes. Agreed. All right. Let's talk about Wayne Gallman. Because I think this is a real a real test of opportunity versus talent. You know, like we always talk about how opportunity trumps talent when it comes to the running back position. Wayne Goleman, I can confirm, is bad at football. 
Uh, I don't think he's particularly good. Maybe one of you guys disagrees with me on that, but I haven't seen anything from Wayne Gall- uh, Gallman to, to suggest that he's anything but a warm body at this point. So are we putting him in our lineups at 4,600? Is he a, a quote-unquote free square for cash games? Or uh, you know, is he somebody that you can get away with not playing? I think for sure for tournaments you can consider fading him at you know likely 25-plus percent ownership. But how are we approaching him for cash games, Josh? Um, I think a lot of it, honestly, for me, a lot of it's going to depend on Royce Freeman's health. If, if Freeman is out, I'm going to slide up to uh, Philip Lindsay and just deal with the Gallman ownership. I, I don't mind Gallman this week. I mean, I, I think if you present a running back that's going to get 15 to 20 touches at $4,600, it's very difficult to fade that, especially in cash. And, and unless, you know, you know, the opportunity for Lindsay is there, but still at $600, I mean, that's quite a bit in the rest of your lineup, especially if you're trying to pay up at wide receiver or tight end or, or quarterback, another position. So I, I don't know. I, I think Gallman is in a decent spot. I would like to, I wish I had a better handle on his passing game opportunity before I totally jammed him in my lineup. I think it'll be decent. Uh, I don't, I don't see any reason why they won't try to give him more work, but you know, the fact of the matter is that Saquon Barkley's absence could mean more targets for Evan Ingram, could mean more targets for Rhett Ellison. It could be more targets for Sterling Shepard. So uh, Goldman may just be a pure rushing option at that point. So I, I don't know. I've, I've kind of a fear of the unknown guy in cash games with Goldman. I'd rather slide up to Lindsey. Jones, you eating the chalk in cash? Um, yeah, as of now, I, I I can't imagine not going with him just because I think that between him and the the value at uh, tight end, which we'll talk about later, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat chalk there too, I think you can make uh, a really good lineup that has a lot of a lot of floor there. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree with Josh. I don't know exactly what his workload's gonna be. I would imagine that the the rushing floor is definitely there, but I could see like a two target game coming, which would be a, a little bit scary for his floor i think but 4600 is stupid like if he was 5200 then fine i i would i'd be fading him all over the place but 4600 is fine for me in cash and i will not play him at all in any of my gpp lineups all right let me let me propose it to you this way and see what you think would you would you play peyton barber at that price at 4600 would you play peyton barber uh not unless it was the juiciest of matchups okay I think you just described Wayne Gallman's matchup and opportunity right there. Just yeah. scratch out the name, scratch out the fact that he's Saquon Barkley's backup, and just think, okay, well, if, if Peyton Barber was this price, would I play him? Because it's probably the same amount of opportunity. That seems yeah. fair to me. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, just some some deeper GPP options. Uh, one guy that I find myself gravitating towards this week is Devontae Freeman. Uh, I know that he has looked just abysmal. The first three weeks, he's he's pretty much toast, but he still plays for the Atlanta Falcons the last time I checked, who have a great offense, and every other running back on the team essentially is hurt at this point. So I think at 5K, like, he's not a terrible play. Maybe I'm uh, I'm basing too much off of past performance with him, but he's somebody that I think we should be able to get at low ownership who has some ceiling. Um, Josh, why don't you give me some guys that you're sort of uh, mulling over here? Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm recoiling right now from that Devontae Freeman take. I just, yeah, I, man, that, that hurts. That hurts my heart, Matt. I can't, I can't tell you how bad that hurts. Uh, 
man, I'm still trying to justify my brain why you would play Devontae Freeman against Tennessee. 5K. He's $400 more than Wayne Gallman. You know who I'd play instead of Devontae Freeman? James White. He's 100 bucks cheaper. Against a team that can pass rush pretty decently in Buffalo, I, you know, I, the Patriots just put James Devlin on IR. We have a baby swag narrative with James White. So, oh, good narrative. I mean, I've been looking at James White all week. I've thought about James White in cash, casually, just because I think the target volume will be there. I think he's going to get some work as a carry, as a carry volume guy. You know, I, I don't think Burkhead is going to get all the workload like he got last week. It's, to me, this sets up as a James White game against Buffalo. That's just my take on it. So as a tournament play, I love James White. And around there, who else would I look at? I mean, I kind of have some interest in Tariq Cohen against Minnesota, especially if they use him as a slot receiver again. And I think they, you know, Minnesota kind of sets up as a defense where you'd want to have Tariq Cohen as a slot receiver because I think they're going to bring enough pressure on Trubisky where he's got to get rid of the ball quick. So I'm kind of thinking about that game script. And then outside of that, Man, I think Darrell Williams is a really interesting play, especially if uh, if LaShawn McCoy is still a little bit banged up and it looks like Darrell Williams is going to get, let's say, 12 to 15, 16 touches in a game. You know, he's he seems to be a really interesting tournament play to me. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, and sort of along with the James White, you know, same lines as him, you know, you can go with Chris Thompson at 4,500. I think that both are similar, you know, type players and Thompson, obviously, the, the superior matchup against the Giants. So I, I like both of those guys. I think that, you know, always on a PPR site, they have upside. Uh, Jones, who do you want to throw in here for GPPs? I just, I can't believe you just said Devontae Freeman. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know what? I think you know who, a, you know who's going to smash this week now? GPP win, I'm allowed to start throwing out names like Devontae Freeman. Oh, man. Oof. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like, there's there's nobody that you guys haven't already mentioned that is really that interesting to me. I think that one of my biggest problems, just as sort of an aside with like lineup construction and and entering multiple lineups into contests, I think one of my biggest issues this year so far has been casting too wide of a net with running back. So I'm really gonna focus in this week on kind of picking like. Two of my favorite, you know, above 6,500, two of my favorite from 6,500 to 5,000, and then two of my favorite cheap guys and just kind of rotate around those guys because there there seems like there's a couple of just absolute smashes at each of those price points every week. And I'm just playing whack-a-mole trying to trying to make every combination and it just hasn't it just hasn't hit yet. So I think that I think trying to narrow it down is is a big focus uh that I'm that I'm trying to work on this week. I think that's fair. Uh I don't do a ton of multi-entering these days with NFL, but I'm always a fan of condensing your core. That way if you're on the right plays, hopefully you have the correct combination of those plays. You know, nothing is worse than feeling like you're on all the right guys and then having them spaced out over 100 different lineups. So, exactly. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, Keenan Allen just continues to absolutely rake. Uh, you know, another game with 50- that. It, you know, I, I, honestly, you know, you can you tell yourself the story that in order for the Chargers to get ahead by three scores, they have to score a bunch. And Keenan Allen is a key to that. And I, I agree with that. But is 
you know, nine for 180 and two in his Roma outcomes. I think it is. I think the opportunity of that for that is a lot smaller than it was last week. Um, for me, that the opportunity for Allen in um, in cash lineups is going to depend a lot on Mike Williams's availability. If Williams is good to go, I will probably fade Allen and look at other plays. Like there's a play right next to Allen named DeAndre Hopkins that I that I really want to jam in cash this week. He's, he's had a pretty two, good player. He's had <laughs> yeah, he's a decent player. He's had two down weeks in a row, and he's going against a sieve of a pass defense in Carolina. Like he could deep pants every one of the DBs in that defense. And I I, I think this game is going to have enough scoring where Hopkins is going to get his. He can get the box two times. And uh, to me, I would much rather go for Hopkins than I would for Allen. I just think the ceiling for Allen is way, way lower than it is for Hopkins. Jones, thoughts on paying up for this top tier? Yeah, I I said on this very program last week that I was going to prioritize Allen. And then I, I I fell into some too cute-itis and went with too much Mike Williams and went elsewhere, and it it completely bit me. Um, I don't think maybe there'll be. I I usually build like my twenty entry max. I, I don't think I'm going to have more than two lineups this week without Keenan Allen in it. Like I just I can't imagine. Like I I just can't do it. Like he had seventeen targets last week. Like it's stupid. Like. I, I and I totally agree with Josh. I totally agree with your points. Like I, that's definitely, definitely a possibility as far as like his downside and and a capped ceiling, um, in this type of game. But I just, God, man, like I just can't get away from him this week. Like I'm not gonna let myself do it this week. <laughs> so I love Allen in cash games. Like he is 100% gonna be in my cash lineup. Uh, I'm definitely more of a like prioritize getting in the stud running backs, but I don't think you need to do that so much this week. Like you can get in McCaffrey and then go with some cheaper options and that should leave plenty of salary for Keenan Allen, who in terms of floor projections, like his floor is just ridiculously good given his target volume right now. Um, I think that he is like the no brainer cash game play, but I'm kind of uh, siding with Josh on the tournament side. Like, I think that Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins have just, like, substantially higher ceilings. Like, we've seen—I guess that's hard to say when Keenan Allen just dropped, like, 50 DraftKings points last week. But I think we've seen that's, like, the best game he'll ever have. He's not the kind of guy that's going to rip off, you know, a 30-, 40-yard touchdown. Like, he needs just humongous volume to get to that kind of ceiling game. And I'm just not sure that he's going to need, that they're going to need to throw to him that much against the Dolphins. Jones is like, yeah, whatever, okay, I'll like, take all the Keenan. Like, he has, how many targets does he have? A, a tremendous 40, amount. Like, like, over 40, right? <laughs> I believe the, like the statistical turn is a metric shit ton. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Keenan Allen's leading the league in everything. Targets, yep. air yards, yards, touchdowns. I mean, I, I, he's the dude right now. Yeah, I think I think it was Beers that tweeted it out. Um, he has more expect total expected points than anybody in the league, including quarterbacks, which is like a, an extremely rare thing for a wide receiver to have more expected points than every single quarterback. So yeah, I I I told again, I totally get what you guys are saying, and it would not shock me if that's how it broke. But I just can't I can't wrap my head around not 
taking a guy who's had double digit targets every week. Very reasonable take. <laughs> um, Terry McLaurin was, was shaping up as sort of the chalk value option at receiver this week. He's had at least five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown in all three games this year. Great matchup versus the Giants. Um, obviously, this this injury might change things, but assuming that he's good to go, is he somebody that you think needs to be in your cash lineups at 4,500, Jones? I... I'm a I'm like a, a strong believer in just like don't roster guys that pop up on the injury report during the week. Like that's a I, I get the price, I get the volume that he's had so far. He's obviously he's in pretty um I, I have it in my in the uh buffet this week. Like he's in pretty elite company as far as like the first three weeks of his career. Um, like guys like Andre Johnson pop up, uh, you know, like r- it, very, very talented, what productive wide receivers, but I just can't do it. I, I, I think no matter what, I think they could, unless he gets a full practice in tomorrow, I don't think he's going to be in any of my lineups this week, just from like a risk perspective. Cause we saw it. I mean, Hilton got there last week with the, with the quad injury, but he had to leave the game, and if he doesn't catch that touchdown before running into the locker room, we're telling a very different story this week, right? So I just, as far as risk tolerance goes for a cash game, I just, even at that price, I don't want to play a guy who pops up on the injury report during the week. Josh, thoughts on uh, Scary Terry or F1? I'm not sure what his nickname just, is. Just go with point. F1 because everybody's very triggered about Scary Terry, apparently. Okay. You know what? I don't like Scary Terry to begin with. So <laughs> yeah, scary, scary Terry is stupid. It, it's definitely the McLaren F1. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. The McLaren F1. He's a race car, man. He's built for speed. <laughs> Love it. I don't know. I To me, I, I'd rather play Curtis Samuel. He's 100 more bucks. He's in a great matchup. And he's he's still got some room for a ceiling game. Like he he got a touchdown last week. He had a decent game, but I think he's still got room to have a, like an awesome ceiling game. So for a hundred more bucks, a guy that's not injured, a guy's getting a ton of volume. Uh, I'd much rather have Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I have a lot of McLaurin on my uh, my season long teams, so I hope that he plays for that reason. But if he sits, like I'm totally fine just going to Paul Richardson. Like it's the same spot cheaper player, maybe not as good of a player, but Richardson has been productive and I want to play everybody that I can against the Giants secondary right now. What if their Colt secondary the is just so bad? What if Colt McCoy's the quarterback? Well then I'll have to reconsider some things. But uh, <laughs> I'm, uh it it seems like Case Keenum is going to play and Janoris Jenkins has just been just turning and running after people all season. So Why well, you didn't think he had a you didn't think he had a good game on on Sunday? You don't want to wait for the PFF grades to come out to, no, I to don't, make your determination? No, I don't determination. need the PFF grade for that one. <laughs> Mike Evans just stuffed them in a, in a locker, basically. Yeah, um, but see, Paul Richardson can't do that. Paul Richardson oh, yeah. can't stuff Janoris Jenkins in a locker. Terry McLaurin can't because Terry McLaurin's a damn good route runner. Paul Richardson is not a good route runner. So he may struggle with Jenkins a little bit. I mean, there's there's a reason Seattle didn't want him. Now, Washington paid him a lot of money, but I just don't think Richardson is the caliber receiver that McLaurin is. So I, I, that's not a play that I'm looking to drop back to if McLaurin can't go. I'm not going to just jam in Richardson. Um, there's another play that's right next to these guys. 
that's really, really interesting, especially given the defense that they're playing, and that's Philip Dorsett at $4,700. I mean, Talk talking- to me about him. All right, so Philip Dorsett, he's the quote-unquote third option in the passing offense behind Edelman and behind Josh Gordon. But Buffalo's got a pretty decent pass defense, and I think they probably have a decent handle on how they want to defend both Edelman and Gordon. I think Dorsett is going to be kind of the odd man out from a coverage perspective. He plays the flank, and I think he's going to be an an opportunity for, let's say, six to eight targets. And as we've seen, when he gets that kind of volume, he produces very well. He's cheap this week, man. And I, I don't think New England's going to have much problem scoring points. So, you know, if you don't want to play McLaren, if McLaren's dinged up, you don't want to play Samuel for whatever reason. I think Philip Dorsett is a really natural pivot for that reason. I think that makes sense. Um, another couple guys in this price range that I really like, Christian Kirk at 5100 I'm just going to continue to play him until yep. his results even out to where they should be. Uh, based on like just pure target volume, he should be ha- he should be ranking much higher in the fantasy wide receiver ranks than he is right now. So he, I was just going to say he's <laughs> Kirk's third in targets, and he's literally 148th in fantasy points over expectation on the. It, it, on the Rotovis screener, like it's just stupid. There's no, there's no way that that's going to keep up, right? Like at a certain point, it has to like positively regress. So yeah, I I'm fully in on on Kirk this week. I think you play Kirk very easily in cash, and I think he's a good pivot off of McLaurin, no matter what's going on um, as far as his health. Agreed. And then even if McLaurin is in. I think Will Fuller is a is a really interesting cash uh, GPP pivot at the same price tag. I mean, it seems like really sharp people have been on Fuller for the past couple of weeks, and he just hasn't been able to get it done. But we know that this guy has just a monster ceiling. So, did you uh, like read my outline or what's going on here? You're taking all you're that? taking all my guys, man. <laughs> All right, you got any more? I don't want to steal any more of your plays. Well, just on on Will Fuller, he's twelve. He has the twelfth most air yards, and he's wide receiver fifty nine. Okay, like what the that hell? Seems, that seems like a strong buy to me. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Um, as far as GPP, um, I think that I'm gonna have a decent chunk of DK Metcalf too. He's he's forty eight hundred, sort of you know in that same price range, and he has the eighth most air yards right now. Um of any wide receiver. So he's a guy who I think you can, you can pretty easily stack obviously with Russell Wilson. And I think Lockett will be, I mean, I don't know how, how much more owned. I don't know if he'll be twice his own, but he'll definitely be significantly higher owned uh, than Metcalf this week. So he's a guy that I'm prioritizing this week in GPPs. Josh, any uh, GPP targets you want to talk about at receiver? Oh baby. Do I have some, I got a lot for you. (laughs) Let them rip. Yeah, so we're going to let them rip. So, um, you know, my first GPP build this week was a full Ram stack. So it was Goff with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. And the reason I went with Cooks and Woods instead of Cooper Cup is because the Tampa Bay defense is not that good. So I don't think I, I Cup's going to get his, but I think Cooks and Woods are both do a lot of regression, especially Woods. I mean, Woods is in the buy low model right now, and I, I really like him in GPP this week. I like him enough I may use him in cash, even though he's a little bit expensive. 
Um, the player that we kind of missed in this 6K range that really should be kind of a jam play for a lot of us would be Kenny Galladay at 5,900 against yep. Kansas City. You know, we talked earlier about Keenan Allen being double-digit targets every week. You know how many Kenny Galladay is averaging a week right now? Nine targets. Tasty. So you're getting a guy that averages nine targets playing against Kansas City in a game script where they will be behind. Uh, to me, it's kind of a pretty simple logic puzzle to solve. I think you got to find a way to get Kenny Galladay in your lineups. I think even in cash, I think he's a very viable play. Uh, and then we slide back down and back in that 5K range. There's still two more guys we didn't talk about that I think need to be mentioned. The first one's Mike Williams. If he's healthy, I think Mike Williams, I would pivot to Mike Williams over Keenan Allen against Miami this week. I think this could be like a, a real get right game for Mike Williams. And then outside of him, I'm looking at Cortland Sutton because against Jacksonville, we know Emmanuel Sanders will draw Jalen Ramsey. We know that. So Cortland Sutton will likely draw AJ Bouye. I think Sutton can beat Bouye because of the type of receiver that Sutton is very physical, high point the ball and Bouye is a physical kind of player, but I think there'd be a lot of 50 50 between them. I think Sutton can come out in this. So in GPPs, I really like Sutton at 4,600. I think uh, his target volume so far has been very, very healthy opposite Sanders. And I, I really like him as a under the radar play, especially in that price range. Cause there's so many good plays right there in the upper fours. Yeah. I, I love uh, Sutton as a player. I think that that's a really good call. And we have a, uh, a metric at fantasy labs called leverage score, which basically measures like ceiling versus projected ownership. And Robert Woods is third right now. He's only projected for sub 5% ownership, but obviously a, tr- a tremendous ceiling for this Rams team. So I think he's one of the best GPP wide receivers of the whole week. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. Uh, I want to start with the guy who everybody's going to play this week, because I think that this is a pretty uh, a pretty interesting conversation to have. He is Will Disley. He plays for the Seattle Seahawks. If you've never heard of him, I don't blame you because really he hasn't done a ton in his career up to this season. But now he's taking on an Arizona defense that has been absolutely shredded by tight ends through three weeks. I mean, huge, huge performances in every single week. And it's not like they've come against elite tight ends. You know, Greg Olson had a, had a pretty big game against them last week. So how are we approaching Will Disley? Uh, I'm kind of inclined to fade him at least in my tournament teams, because I still just don't think that the guy is like a particularly talented football player, but maybe I'm way off base here. Maybe uh, I need to have Disley against this defense. So Josh, what do you think about uh, Disley against the Cardinals? I'm lukewarm on it. And I guess the reason I say that is because I, I saw some very compelling information today on Twitter. I retweeted it in my timeline earlier from a gentleman named Eric Beamfor that uh, works for Roto Grinders, he did a lot of film analysis on this narrative that tight ends shred Arizona. And there's a lot of information out there that indicates that maybe it's not the tight end that's shredding Arizona. Maybe it's actually the slot route that's shredding Arizona. And, and in particular, when a player is lined up against a particular cornerback for the Cardinals, that is not very good in coverage. So it, it could be Disley. It could be Tyler Lockett who runs a lot of slot routes, gets teamed up against this guy. And it could be maybe it's David Moore still coming back from his injury. So, you know, I I think Disley's probably, I, I think is a decent play. His price is certainly cheap enough. But for the money, I'd rather spend 300 more bucks and pivot a little bit upward to O.J. Howard 
who's going to be in a very good game script this week, who saw some pass volume finally last week. And uh, to me, the, the indicators are that O.J. Howard is a better play this week than Will Disley. Yeah, Jonesy. Another O.J. Howard guy on the show. You just won that bet. So, Josh, last week we had a bet. Uh, what did you give me, six points? I gave you six. So he gave me Brait plus six against Howard, and I lost by nine-tenths of a point. <laughs> you know what they call that, Josh? Brutal. They call that a W Very in the business. Very disappointing. <laughs> Put it um, in the books. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, no, how, not, how many? I think, personally, I think this is one of these spots uh, regarding Will Disley, like, I don't feel confident enough in playing him uh, to to eat this chalk. So I'm just going to get myself on a little bit of a different build and play uh, one of the more expensive tight ends than him. Like I'm I'm perfectly happy going with Hooper in cash. I'm perfectly happy going Ingram in cash. I'm perfectly happy going Waller in cash. Um I just I think that if you put yourself in cash in such a good position, if you can pivot off of these cheap tight ends that are chalky um, more so than any other position, really, because if you go through your head to heads at the end of the week and you look like the the running back chalk, the wide receiver chalk is one thing, but everybody plays the tight end chalk in, in head to heads for whatever reason. So I think that it's one of these situations where you uh, are getting yourself to a, a, a similar play. Like Austin Hooper, I don't think, has a very different projection uh, from Will Disley, from a floor, ceiling, whatever. However you want to look at it, I don't think it's, it's different. Um, so, yeah, I, I just feel like there's no reason to uh, to put yourself in that position and not have a little bit of leverage when you're talking about, uh, you know, a tight end personally. Yeah. I, I love that call. I'm, I'm off, I'm off Disley. Uh, and I think that we need to keep jamming Evan Ingram into our lineups yep. until he's well over 6,500. He's a wide receiver one. Yeah. I, I know that his production last week was a little bit fluky with that 75 yard catch and run touchdown, but that's the kind of play that Ingram can make at the tight end position. The target volume is also, it's still there. It's not like that was his only target that he had the whole week. And, you know, the Giants are in a great offensive spot. So I think Engram remains too, you know, he's still too cheap. Uh, I love the idea of just jamming him in. For my cash teams at 5,700, I still think that's excellent value. And like you said, Jones, it's going to give me nice differentiation on the field. Yeah, and that's that's not like a huge difference. Like you can find, you can drop down to a cheaper defense and you can make one play in one of the other positions at a little bit of a cheaper price, and you're right there. It's not like, you know, it's not a 4K difference or something like crazy. So, right. Uh, what do we think about Travis Kelsey? Is he going to be like underowned in in GPPs potentially? Uh, I haven't really made up my mind with him in this matchup against Detroit. Uh, Josh, you got any thoughts for me on on Kelsey? I think he'll be probably underowned. For what he should be. So I, I I don't mind Kelsey. You know, you could put together three of those upper 4K receivers we talked about earlier and easily get to Kelsey 
and McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook in a lineup. Like you can make that work. And you could probably even put Mahomes in that lineup and stack those guys together and and have a pretty nice lineup. And, and maybe you put in Daryl Williams as a running back and just get a full Kansas City stack. So, you know, I, I like Kelsey this week, and I think he's a really good tournament play just because of the price is going to put people off. People are going to go down to, to Ingram, Waller, and it, the other guy that I wanted to talk about, we mentioned Hooper a minute ago, is Delaney Walker. I think Delaney Walker is a great play this week, and he's in that price range where people are not going to play him that much because – They'll think it's easier to go up to Ingram or they'd rather drop down and play Disley or Howard or Olsen even at 4,200. So, you know, I, to me, I, if, I, if I'm not going to use Kelsey or Ingram, I'd rather just pivot all the way down and get Walker. And if I'm going to go, you know, quote unquote, bottom of the barrel at tight end, it's probably going to be Olsen at 4,200. I don't think I'm going to go behind that because going below 4,200 this week, I just think there's way, way too much risk of getting a goose egg. And at tight end, right now at tight end, I don't think you can afford goose eggs in your lineups. Yeah, I think that that's sharp. Um, The only guy that's, you know, a cheap play that I am considering is my man, TJ Hawkinson, a.k.a. according to Jones, TJ Fraudinson. Listen, it's uh, it's been rough times for for Mr. Hawkinson and his supporters recently. Uh, I ask you to, uh, you know, to, to think of us in this time of need, but... If there's a matchup for him to get right, it's got to be Kansas City, right? Come on, Jones. Tell me you're on him this week. There's no goddamn way. No. <laughs> like, he has he has 2.8 more points, more DraftKings points than I do over the last two weeks. You must have had some quality weeks. <laughs> like, no. I'm, I'm not. Uh, until... Yeah, like, there's no reason to do this. I, I, I firmly disagree with this nonsense. He had one catch for one yard last week. <laughs> it was a good catch, though. <laughs> I mean, he did have two red zone targets, so you got to give him that. But he didn't catch either of them, so that's not great. All right, Jones. Anybody that we haven't mentioned yet that you think needs to be in the discussion here? Uh, no. As far as tight end, I-, I mentioned all the guys that I'm considering, I think. All right. I got one for you. Tournament yes. punt. Noah Font against Jacksonville. The yeah, target volume fine. hasn't been that great, but he's catching everything they throw at him. So for 2,600, if he gets seven points, you can live with that. Like you can really live with seven points at tight end for $2,600. So I, yeah, I think he's, he's popping in the fantasy labs models right now. Um, he has posted a positive plus minus each of the past two weeks. Now, granted, it hasn't been by a lot, but like you said, he's so cheap that he doesn't need to do a ton to be a, a positive value for you. Yeah. I mean, if, if he, if he gets one target for six yards and a touchdown, that's, Hey, that's good enough. Like you got past the finish line, baby. And now the rest of my lineup can smash. Cause I had a few hundred more dollars to spend. So, you know, if, if you want to punt tight end, especially in a tournament tournament lineup, I think Noah font's fine. All right. Before we get on to defense, let's talk about uh, Harry's razors. Uh, a few of us on the show use Harry's razors, not me because I haven't seen daylight in about three weeks, so I don't make myself presentable. I just sort of live in a cave. But I know that Jones is a is a Harry's Razor guy. If you visit their website, you can check out all the different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Uh, Harry's founders were two regular guys, tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. 
Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just two bucks per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund. Uh, This fall for NFL season, refresh your wallet. Get some extra money to put in your DK account. And take care of your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip. Five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave. Rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of the show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer. And let them know that you are a supporter of the On The Daily radio slash podcast show. All right, defenses. Basically, the, the decision at defense this week is... Do you play the team that's playing the Dolphins or do you play somebody else? That's really what it has been the first three or four weeks here. Uh, This week, the Chargers get that matchup. They are on the road. Uh, I don't think that this is as big of a slam dunk as it has been for, you know, some of these other teams. But do you like the idea of paying up 3,800, getting that security for your cash game lineup? Uh, Josh, I I already know how Jones is going to answer. So (laughs) let's start with you, Josh. I, I just I don't believe in paying up for defense and even in a matchup like this, like I, I'm not crazy about dragging a team 2,500 miles across country for, you know, a 10 a.m. body clock kickoff and expecting them to perform optimally. Yeah. Miami did some good things on offense last week against Dallas and they got smoked on the scoreboard, but the, I, they look like they're terrible, but they're making a little bit of progress and the the Chargers have enough injuries on defense that I you know I I don't think it's a slam dunk to play them like I I'd rather play New England for a hundred bucks less to be honest I'd rather I'd rather play the Rams for three hundred dollars less at home against Jameis Winston I mean there's there's much better matchups here this week I think for just a couple hundred bucks less than than playing a team that's that's in this circumstance of traveling cross country yeah so. I agree with you. Like that Dolphins game against the Cowboys was closer than that final score indicated. And from a fantasy perspective, Josh Rosen is not the same, you know, walking pick six that Ryan Fitzpatrick was. So that obviously hurts their appeal. For that reason, I'm off the Chargers. Jones, I'm assuming you are not paying for the Chargers this week. No, like (laughs) I, I don't I can't wrap my head around the idea of being like, you know what? I want to spend almost $4,000 on my defense when, you know, the, the $2,400 defense scores, a scores a touchdown immediately. And you're just like, Oh God damn. Like how I, I, it's, it's something that doesn't register for me. Like 3,800 is stupid for a defense. I, I'll never do that. Um, if we, if, you want to talk about some other options like Please. what I what I pretty much go by is who are the guys who are the quarterbacks that are mostly getting killed and running for their lives and maybe mistake prone as a plus. Right. Like th- those are my two things. I don't even care if they're particularly mistake prone, if they're going to get sacked. I'm good with that. Like, yep. that's that's enough for me. So um like Deshaun Watson is always going to be running for his life. So at 2300, I think Carolina can pay off their salary reasonably easily, reasonably easily. Um, nice. Like 2300 is, is way too cheap for the, the sack upside that they have. 
And, you know, Watson could throw a pick here or there and and then you're off to the races. Um, outside of that, I don't know, maybe maybe Seattle, because I think that that Murray has taken a few sacks. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that's been a thing that's happened uh, recently. His, so. his sack, he has a high sack rate. Yeah. What is he? I, I feel like he got sacked like a handful of times last week. Now, it what well, he did, but it's less than it has been the first two weeks because he is opting to run a little bit more. So there right. may be a bit of a change going on there. Right. But yeah, like I'm, I'm for the most part just gonna figure out after I build the rest of my lineup who who's gonna fit in and and I'll just throw some darts there. Like I, I nice great we analysis. Talk, we talked about it last year, and I was like, I'm gonna prioritize picking defenses. I think it's a leak in my game, and I just can't do it. It's just it's far too time consuming for <laughs> for figuring that out. Because like I said, you 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 do all the work, and then. There's a run back and a pick six on some random defense that you don't have. And you're like, well, why did I spend all that time trying to figure this out? <laughs> no, it's fair. I mean, you can you can look for teams. I think we agree. You want to find teams that are going to be in favorable game scripts in terms of like you want to lead on the opposing quarterback. You want to make them make throws. That's the easiest way to sort of get into a, a situation where you're defense can rack up sacks and interceptions and potentially get you that touchdown. But it's it's kind of hard to predict that. I mean, you can use the point spread, but the only double-digit favorite this week is the Chargers. So if we're not playing them, it becomes much tougher to do. I agree that Carolina is like the easy cash game call at 2,300. Jameis Winston, uh, Jesus, I almost just called Deshaun Watson Jameis Winston. What an insult. You better not, I apologize. You better not let Amico hear that. I apologize. <laughs> Bleep that Deshaun out. Deshaun Watson. James Winston with lock. wheels. He's a lock to take four sacks a week. Yeah. And I, I'm convinced that you could put him behind five Hall of Famers on the offensive line, and he would still take four sacks a week. Like nah, He just loves to hold that ball. He <laughs> loves to burp the baby and try to find guys downfield, which is great for you know, the way that Houston wants to play offense, but it's also great for opposing fantasy defenses. Yeah, well, he better figure out a way to get it to Fuller from now on because that holding on to the ball hasn't been working yet. <laughs> It'll come. Don't worry, Jonesy. Uh, Josh, who are some other defenses you're eyeing? I mean, if we're kicking down that low, I'm looking at Tennessee, even though they traveled to Atlanta and play in the Dome. It, Atlanta's offensive line is dinged up pretty bad. And Tennessee has a very good defensive line. They do get after the quarterback really well. So I, I like the opportunity for them to force some interceptions from Matt Ryan, maybe take one to the house. Now, you know, Tennessee may give up give up 27 points, but who cares? Like if the opportunity is there to get two or three turnovers and a few sacks, the floor is there for Tennessee to give you a decent return on 2,600. If I'm looking up just above them, I like the Redskins a little bit. You know, Daniel Jones is unproven. He could make some mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes last week and didn't have to pay for them because Tampa Bay didn't take advantage. So I think Washington's in a good spot, especially as a tournament play. Um, if I want to pay up a little bit from there, I'm probably going to go to Baltimore against Baker Mayfield. And, I, you know, I talked about Mayfield and running a Cleveland stack earlier as a tournament option. And I think Baltimore is an excellent option as well because Mayfield is holding the ball. Mayfield is forcing throws into some crazy windows he had he, i mean mayfield's a walking three interception game in the right circumstances and i think if they get behind a little bit to baltimore i mean you can play right in their hands so to me baltimore's probably going to be my lock cash play this week and if i need a few hundred bucks i'm going to drop down to tennessee 
Yeah, one other team that I want to mention, similar price range to Baltimore, is just Seattle. Uh, we talked about, you know, we want turnovers. Uh, nobody's going to throw the ball more than Arizona, pretty much on a weekly basis. They play fast. They give you lots of opportunities to generate plays on the defensive side of the ball. So I like Seattle. I mean, 3300 is a little bit expensive for a defense, but I do think that they have, you know, one of the higher ceilings on the slate. All right. Any final thoughts here, gentlemen? Matt, go for it. Give me some final thoughts. I need to be inspired. Oh, man. That's a lot of pressure. You um, don't have to. I mean, you can say no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to say no. That would be that would be ludicrous. Um, the, the one guy that we didn't really talk about that I think is a must play or I didn't mention is a must play every single week is Marquise Brown. Um, I think you need to figure out a way to get him it. Again, not necessarily a cash play, but if you're playing multiple lineups, I I can't imagine uh, not getting exposure to that guy because the the workload that he's seeing is super valuable. So make sure you're playing him, especially in stacks with Lamar. Yeah, that's a great call. You're right. We didn't mention him, and he's another one of those guys who like expected fantasy points way higher than his actual fantasy points. You know, at least outside of that week one game where he kind of exploded. So that's a really good call. That's a great way to uh, to wrap up your thoughts on the sh- on the show, Jones. Leave them wanting a little bit more for next week. You know, <laughs> uh, Josh, anything you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of mentioned this at the start of the show, but like my process is to I, I mean, I pay attention to who the crowd is playing. But I think it's really important to do your best to identify what's donkey chalk and what isn't. And I think Wayne Gallman could really be donkey chalk this week. And if there are some plays around him that could get similar workload for just a few hundred bucks more, I think you'd be better off doing that. And that could be Philip Lindsay really easily. It could be James White really easily. So, you know, just just be careful with the free square quote unquote this week. And it could be free squares at wide receiver. It could be a free square at tight end or whatever. Just always be careful of the free square because they're not always free. They're, I mean, you have to think about the possible game scripts and the possible usage and the most likely of both and make your decisions based on that. I think that's a great way to end the show. Uh, you're totally right. Like if Wayne Gallman has like just a, a ho-hum week and then next week he's 4,800, Nobody's going to care because he's not new anymore. So <laughs> don't fall for that shiny new uh, new toy syndrome. You know, try to ignore the echo chamber and just play the guys that you think are the best. And Josh, I want to thank you for coming on the show again this week. I think that you are a really good example of, you know, ignoring what the quote unquote industry thinks is the best plays and just going out and doing what you think is the best. So Big respect for that, and uh, thank you again for coming on the show. That's going to do it for this edition of On The Daily. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh underscore ADHD. Um, Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. I am Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, 
onthedailydfs at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at onthedailydfs.